0: And now coming to you from the 2018 World Science Fiction Convention in San Jose, California. It's Jonathan Strahan and Gary K. Wolfe with very special guests Karen Joy Fowler and Jens Patrick Kelly on
1: The Coochie Podcast! And we're back. We're back with uh, two people who've just been apparently on a panel about teaching a clarion and have probably said everything you want to say about teaching a clarion, except we're going to make you say it again. And I'm going to start with an interesting question, because there was a young writer who I met who was at this year's ICVA, who won the Crawford Award, Mm. uh, who had been at the University of Iowa Iowa workshop and at Clarion. And it was interesting to listen to her talk about how she learned stuff at Clarion that nobody at Iowa ever thought about mentioning to her. Mm. And so my question is, choosing between getting in an MFA program and going to Clarion, what would you tell a young writer to do?
2: Well, um, you know, I teach at an MFA program, so I, <laughs> I, I do have some some ideas about this. Uh, Clarion is in some ways like an MFA concentrated into six weeks. Uh, the MFA I teach at is uh, four residencies of 10 days and uh, then two years of uh, correspondence with a mentor. So it's a... Um, in some ways, it's it's very similar. I think the uh, uh, the, cl- the advantage of Clarion is it fits into people's lives better uh, mm-hmm. and it costs less. But it also is a thing where and, and it happens all the time. It happened to me where you go six weeks and you get great advice and it just sort of like you try to write it all, all down and it doesn't get into your head exactly right. And two years later, you hear what some very smart person said. Uh, at workshop, you finally understand yeah. what that meant, and so uh, there's more time for reflection in an MFA, um, and, and you you know you get a degree if you think you're going to teach. Maybe that's the thing to do, but mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, when I went to Clarion in 1974 and 76, I didn't. There was no MFAs for the likes, the grimy likes of mm-hmm. science fiction yeah, writers. Right. So Clarion was it, and 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 I think. I think it, I'm better off to have gone to Clarion than to the MFA, in my opinion. What led you to go back in '76?
0: Wasn't the first one any good?
2: No, it wasn't. It was sort of <laughs> I failed to take. Well, so okay, so I, I have to go through this every time I tell this, but it's 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 okay. Uh, Clarion at the start was not necessarily a one time thing. Yeah, and so it started in 1968, and several people were going on for multiple years. Um, and uh and, and Kate said no. Uh, so the first time I went 74 was the last, was the cut up. No, no one's coming back again. And mm-hmm. and uh, I, I I needed to come back. And, and so I went the first time for the craft. And so it was an amazing learning experience. The second time it was sort of... Uh, the commitment I was going to make to bail out my career and become a writer. So the second time I went, the business I was working for knew I was never, I was not a serious, you know, I was not going to be their director of public relations someday. I was going to always have this other thing. And so it was sort of a mutual, it's a mutual way for me and them to understand what, what I was doing. I still worked there for a while after it, but not that long. And it was for me to say to myself and to my family, I'm really going to take a shot at this writing thing. But having said that, um, and and Karen knows this as well, so people go to Clarion all the time, and then or people go to Odyssey, which is a very similar program, Mm -hmm. and then they go to Clarion. I'm not sure people are going to Clarion West and Clarion, but nonetheless people go to Clarion, then go to Walter John's, Tao's Toolbox. So Mm -hmm. there is an infrastructure of, of helping people who didn't get it all in the first Clarion to do other stuff.
1: What's your okay. experience with uh, Clarion? And... and you've taught her um, in more traditional writing programs as well.
3: Yes, I've so. I've um, I've I've done a fair bit of intermittent teaching now, mm. um, but I'm, mostly when I teach, um, although I have done a few college classes. Mostly, I teach adults who are you know mm. who have a weekend or a week or six weeks, um, and. Um, and want to spend it in that way. Um, I, I, I have to confess, uh, in a way I, tr- I tried to talk about on um, the earlier panel, that I find Clarion mysterious mm. in a few ways. I did not go myself, um, nor did I take an MFA program, so um, I've got no inside experience. Um, but um, I, I feel that um, that when I teach at Clarion, that that is simultaneously the most work i ever do as a teacher mm. and it's just it's 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 kind of insane what is expected of you during that week it's it's pretty much for for that week you are on all hours of the day uh in one way or another um and I, I, you know, that's that's difficult. And the older I get, the more difficult it becomes. Mm-hmm. And yet, um, simultaneously, it's by far my favorite place to teach. Mm. I,
1: I don't know if anybody's run the statistics, but I always suspected, just looking at everybody I know as a Clarion graduate, that it has to have a higher batting average of successful published oh, writers think, than almost any single MFA program.
3: I think it must as well. Um, I'm I'm astonished. I mean, you heard... Uh, on the panel Christian Coleman listing the people and he was 2013 and the people from his class who've been publishing and it's you know it's most of the class
2: I was saying to uh some folks from 2015 who were in one of my classes I was teaching there that I couldn't have gotten into Clarion 22 year old Jim Kelly could not have gotten into the 2015 class and part of that is is that Clarion now has a has such a reputation and seems so important to people and it is important to people that people who are publishing regularly are going to Clarion. And when I went to Clarion in 74, none of us had sold anything. Uh, and, And so, and I've taught that Clarion as well and I've watched as the years have passed that more and more people who have published go on to clarion. I've had people who sold books go to clarion, you know, and so, I mean, I I understand why that's important, but it also strikes me as not unfair, but unfortunate. a little
3: troubling, I think, too. And the other thing um, is that we get now so many applicants who have done other workshops. I mean, um, you know, we get people who have been to the Iowa workshop and now are doing clarion uh, and also in the other direction, and and for me the difficulty with this is that when you're trying to assess an applicant um, you could be looking at someone you know whose work is extremely polished because they are very experienced workshoppers but they're kind of working at the top of their game right. already mm-hmm. and Clarion is not going to really provide to them what it might provide to somebody whose work is far less accomplished and right. yet they've not been doing the workshops and, and the potential for them to make an enormous leap is there and, and to you know ascertain um, who who is gonna really benefit from being a clarion it has become more and more and more difficult mm-hmm. I feel. What do you think
0: Clarion is for and should be for. I mean, do you think that... I mean, It sounds like it's changed over time, the way it's being used by the people who enroll, enroll for it. And, and this is a huge commitment. It's sort a of. six-week writing right. workshop. You're yes. there, right. live in the whole yes. time. Yes, pretty, right.
3: pretty hefty tuition right. as well. Mm. And,
0: you know, I to get our regret. What, I, get what, I get what you're alluding to, the world where Clarion was. Basically, mm. you're a kid who wants to wants to learn this. Right. You don't know whether you're 18 or 20 or whatever else. You don't really know it. You go to find out. Mm-hmm. But when you come along and you're already... Thirty published stories into a career. Mm. You know, is it actually a writing workshop? What, what do you think it becomes?
3: I think that um, that this hypothetical and not so hypothetical student who is already fairly established in a career is still not mm-hmm. the
1: norm. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. um, right. That well, I think Margot Lanigan told me she went to Clarion after she after she was Margot Lanigan. Right, and I think she had already published White Time when she would declare I think, yeah. or, it, or they were the stories. It was she one of those weird clarion, things where she went to Clarion, and two years later was teaching at Clarion. Right, yeah.
2: Right. yeah. Alan Klage is sort of the yeah. same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, So here's the thing: um, you've heard this, and whether you believe it or not, uh, there's some science behind it that it's the sort of uh, uh, the thousand, <laughs> the ten thousand words, half a million words of, of crap that you need to write. But more importantly, is that that sort of ten year. Window of between the time you commit to writing and the time you achieve what, what some scientists have called mastery, which who knows what that is. But there is that, that gap. And if you're there slogging along all by yourself in your room, uh, it's gonna probably take that 10 years. And what an MFA or a clarion does is accelerate that, that learning time because part of what the, the, the theory of this, uh, uh, of, of the 10 year thing is that the way you get better is to have feedback and practice continually so you can practice continually but you can't get feedback uh you can have you know your local workshop and maybe they'll have some people giving you uh, giving some good advice, but the, the feedback that you get at Clarion and the post Clarion groups that form, uh, we hear again and again how people graduate mm-hmm. from Clarion. And it's like going through the trenches together. We survived the war and now we're all veterans and so we're all gonna workshop some more. That feedback loop, uh, uh, goes beyond the six weeks and it really does accelerate that, that, you know, long slog from, from learning how to write a beginning, middle, and end to learning how to write, you know, publishable stories that get in best of the years and, have, and lead to a career.
1: Do you think it's less genre-oriented than it might have been back at the beginning? The reason I mention that is because, right. Karen, you said it was mysterious, and so I've always tried to figure it out, and a few years ago, Kate Wellham wrote a book about Milford and Clarion, right. which didn't give away any secrets at all. I mean, it had some nice tips on it. But the sense I got, from when going back to Milford before Clarion, that there was a time where you were teaching people to sell for three or four markets, you were—they t- were going to write science fiction or fantasy or horror as it looked in the '60s, and now uh, there's not any coherent field at all. Their markets are all over the place, mainstream, slipstream. Right uh, uh, so, is it just a writing workshop now that where everybody writes something with some fantastic element in it? Uh,
3: I think um, I I wanted to say something on the um, previous question, which I think mm-hmm. will connect okay. to this question. Um, I hope, um, which is that one of the things that I think we try to do at Clarion is to um, raise your ambitions right. for mm-hmm. your own work, so that um, uh, people might come in. Um, writing, you know, perfectly publishable stories, but they're not memorable stories. Mm-hmm. They're not idiosyncratic stories. They're not passionate stories. Mm-hmm. And and if you are writing and selling, um, where do you go to be told, actually, this is not good enough right, yet? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, you know, you, this is not who you can can become if you, if you try harder at it. So um, I think what I feel um, in the work that I've seen in the more recent Clarions is um, uh, d- just that
1: it's it's weirder yeah than, okay. um, that's, that's kind of what I would imagine and
3: right what you are, um, and I think I, I think Andy Duncan talked about this I may be um, somebody else may have coined the phrase but it, it, it's the small verification of the <laughs> yeah, right. of the genre Um yeah. Which is, um, uh, and I and I know Andy Duncan in in week one a few years ago said to everybody, "Okay, you're all trying to be Kelly Link, but that wrote, that job is taken. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to right. figure out <laughs> how to be
2: you." Well, um, I've been reading applications since we moved it to San, San Diego, Diego yeah. and so one thing I definitely see is. Uh, Captain evaporating genres uh, (laughs) This is The the genres are evaporating And so Lots of people come in Some people want to And and that's what Clarion is for Some people want to Write their Kelly Link story And then they want to write A Connie Willis Mm -hmm. story And then they want to write Their own story And then they want to write the You know There's no rules At Clarion Uh, And and if you If you throw a romance in in, In week four In Clarion People will sort of like tilt their head and then they'll talk about it and and so i think that this is one of the things is that uh uh, there is room for experimentation and the genre is experimenting Mm -hmm. so part of clarion's role is to help people who want to experiment find the way to experiment profitably
3: but this also this just mirrors what's going on right yeah in the you know, but
1: in, in but, but I, I know from again having talked to people who were back at Clarion, the the legend of Clarion for decades was you don't want to be the one who teaches the week after Harlan does <laughs> But but even Harlan, they were always saying this is this is what you can sell to Terry Carr, this is what you can sell. But there were only a handful of editors to worry about. Right. And now, uh, and, and and Karen, you must have people coming in thinking you're here's somebody who's, who gets you know nominated for major awards, mainstream bestsellers, this sort of thing. Um, And can I do that? Can I learn that from Clarion? Um, It it just seems to me that it's so broad now that how can even a range of teachers cover everything the students want to do?
3: Well, I think at least when I teach, and um, I will let Jim address this question too, but um, I am not focused on telling them how to write stories that will sell. Right. Mm-hmm. I am trying to focus on telling them what I think makes their work special and memorable, mm-hmm. and um, uh, you know how to write a story that I think is really a spectacular story. And and honestly, sometimes. Somebody writes a story I think is a spectacular story, and no one will buy it, which Mm -hmm. is uh, an unfortunate (laughs) fact. Um, But, uh, you know, there there are often a kind of story that I think sells more easily, but again, you know, you'll read it in a magazine, you'll never think about it again. Mm. And then a story that does something really peculiar... Um, may you know may just make an editor too uncomfortable, or um, uh, or, or, or I don't know. It, it actually, I, I think it's a more valuable story, and yet it mm-hmm. appears to be a harder story to get anyone to take a chance on.
2: That's funny, you know. So I would I would not disagree, but talk about the focus of a uh, of a Clarion versus an MFA program. Mm-hmm. In an MFA program. Karen's approach is very much the way most people think about an MFA program. And that's fine, because you've got two years to, to, to experiment. Yeah. But, you know, I have to say that, in my opinion, uh, most of, so when, when I teach a Clarion and people come into my office uh, for the one-on-ones, they want to know, have, am I, uh, is, you know, what's going to happen after Clarion? Are any of these stories going to sell? Because that's the that's they're beyond the I try to become no not beyond that they're they're more interested in some ways of okay so I laid out all this money and I and I and I've rolled the dice in my life and I want to become a writer is any of this stuff going to sell so I will become a writer and and so the fact that you know in an MFA program you say well you are a writer because we let you in and we told you you're Mm -hmm. a writer so let's work on our writing thing uh, is is in some ways they get a little impatient with that. but but I I, I do think that, that 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 they're interested in knowing where if you in, in a one on one situation okay so where can I sell where should I send this story mm-hmm. is yeah. the question where where should I send this and I say well I don't know. Small beer, you know, but <laughs> yeah. but 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 for some people, and and in some ways, they're the lucky ones who are writing in a very specific uh, story spe- very specifically aimed at genre. They're writing science fiction. They're writing a horror story. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so y- you you don't get in an MFA program. People saying, well, you know, you could send this to cemetery dance. Nobody knows what cemetery dance is, or you could send mm-hmm. this to small. You could send this to Lady Churchill, or you could send this to Lightspeed, and that kind of advice, although when your instructor says to send it to light speed and JJ doesn't want it is uh. you know, is one two different things. But nonetheless and, and in some ways I, I will say to, to Jonathan, that's one of the things that that that, um, that students will look for when you teach Clarion and that is Can you, not can you buy my story, but can you tell me as an editor how this would appeal? Because not only do you know what you'd be interested in, but you know the editorial tastes of other people too. Sure.
0: I I, I guess from my perspective, what I would want to try to teach them isn't the answer to exactly that question. It's how to actually assay the the answer themselves, Mm -hmm. to actually look look at work and how to analyze a market and what the editor's been buying in the past and then be able to make some kind of a match between what they're doing and what people are actually buying. Right. Because I mean you're right. I mean, you can turn and say, well once upon between Gor Gordon van Gelder and F N S F will buy that in a minute right. and doesn't touch it. Right. Um, and you know the stuff that comes to me where people go, Well sure he's going to buy that. Yeah. And like, well no I'm not going to buy that. Either because I, it turns out I, I have nine of those or yeah. I don't want that one or yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I and,
3: guess, you know, I, I certainly don't want to give the impression that I am unwilling to talk about marketing markets and, right. uh-huh. and markets because I do try to do that. But I feel um, I don't want them to write a story aimed at a market. I want them to write a story and then we'll figure Mm -hmm. out what the market
2: might be. And that was very much Damon and Kate's idea about what was going to happen to Clarion. And that's why, Uh you know, back in the... the Dawn of time, they would say, "Oh, this is a Clarion story, which is oh, it's not aimed at any particular market." So, where, how does it fit in? And I think that was sort of uh, b- baked into the, you know, DNA of the of the workshop.
1: Do you ever get students who just want to write your ordinary analog story, the kind the kind of thing that fills up magazines over decades that are never headlined, and you always see these names, and I, I'm not going to mention any of them. Anymore, but is that too low an ambition if somebody just wants to be a commercial writer? Can they? Uh, are you going to try to teach them that they ought to have higher ambitions for themselves? I'm
3: going to I'm going to try to um, I'm going to try to help them write the story they want to write. and So, you know, if if they've got a genuine love of those stories then that's where they should be working. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But if they're doing it just to get a sale, um, uh, I, I, I guess I'm uncomfortable with that. I know um, Ted Chang came and spoke to Clarion West a couple of times ago when I taught there, and he talked a lot about um, about this issue and about mm-hmm. um, you know you know not uh, well about not putting the kind of pressure on your writing. That expecting to make a living that mm. it does mm. that you know that you should have another way to support yourself so that your writing is free in, in of that of that kind of pressure and um, and I thought he was extremely persuasive but several of the students afterwards said well yeah if you're Ted Chang
1: sure that <laughs> works <laughs> um, I'm not Ted Chang so well there's, there's also the fact that we're living in a different world now back in the 50s or 60s when, when Silverberg or Ellison had to publish 100 stories a year just to get... They, they were they were writers. They were not authors. They were simply selling whatever they could to make money. And I think that on, in terms of short fiction, that's not even likely anymore mm. for
2: anybody. Well, you know, I think one of the things is that <laughs> from reading the submission manuscripts, the applications, there are very few people who go into Clarion who are Totally locked into like writing science fiction, yeah. like space science fiction, or cyberpunk or steampunk. There's very few people who who get in who are just doing one thing. As a Matter of fact, lots of times you see people trying to split the difference and so send send something really hardcore science-y, and then you know uh, some more sub. Yeah.
3: But like, Clarion West just has one story
2: for there. Yeah, for I, sure. I know. That's yes. really harsh. Yeah, we have two. But but I have to yeah. say that one of the things that that I think. I find myself and for many other uh, teachers is we try to create, we try to challenge them. So you got a guy who's writing other, you know, military science fiction. He's Mm -hmm. selling the analog. Okay, great. So, God damn it, write me a love story set, uh, you know, in in a fantasy world. And, And so why would you do that? Because you're good at that. But you're not here just to do what you're good at you're here to challenge yourself so the, the 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 idea that you would challenge a student to have a profitable failure I think is is also baked into the the, the DNA of, of Clarion. you got six weeks don't write six stories that are the same try to write a different story every time and and if you flop well learn from your your failure if, if you have a story that you write and you because one of the things is you can't Overthink it. There's no time to overthink That's, it. You're, yeah. you're, on Tuesday, you've got to turn in a story on Friday, and otherwise, you're going to miss your chance to, to workshop. So go ahead and take a chance, even if it this feels like throwing stuff at the wall. So it's one of the most important
0: things to teach a clarin, clarin that you should be willing to fail. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, sometimes you know you look at something and you see, "This seems like a series of very safe choices." I and mean, when you hear people talk about building a career, they're looking for the safest path to build a career and yet it seems to me when I think about people I know who have been very successful Mm. whether it be critically or commercially it's that kind of well I just threw it against the wall and tried and I didn't know if I could do that and it also seems to me that if you don't do that thing you didn't know how you could do that you could do you're never able to do the next thing right you know, So it seems to that me that's got to be baked into what you want to do at somewhere like Clarion.
2: And you know, one of the things that happens is that the students challenge each other. Mm-hmm. You know, They, they say, well, for one thing, sometimes they collaborate, which can be disastrous, but it also can be very useful. But they will say, you know, they're sitting around, we're not around, the teachers are not around, they're sitting around at 12 or 30 in the morning, and, and, and they're just changing and shooting ideas back and forth at each other and you know a persuasive group of students will say we could all write a story about werewolves in space Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you know some Buddy will write one and then all of a sudden there'll be another werewolf in space. Or, or, or some teacher will say, Oh, you can't write a werewolf in space story. There's no there's no future in that. And they'll all say, Oh yeah, watch us. And we'll all write werewolves in space stories. Mm-hmm. So, Margaret, Margaret
1: Efford was right. You guys are responsible for the squids in space <laughs> <laughs> uh, There we go. <laughs> but one of the things I hear We like
3: squids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Squids, squids are, are cool. Yeah. And
1: then, actually, there are a couple of good squids in space novels <laughs> that. But one of the complaints I hear about MFA programs, and probably, and we probably shouldn't talk necessarily about Stone Coast or because, or, or UC Riverside, or, or Kansas with kids, Johnson, Seton Hill, Seton Hill, or, Hill. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of places that are sympathetic. But the complaint I hear is that for 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 a decade, you went to any MFA program and you were taught to be Raymond Carver. Um, and, and then people discovered that what, Raymond Carver didn't really cut those stories down to what they were himself anyway. Right. So yeah. uh, even uh,
3: Raymond Carver
1: wasn't Raymond. Raymond Carver wasn't <laughs> Raymond Carver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the number of stories, nightmare stories, I've heard of genre writers going through traditional programs uh, and and basically having genre beat out of them. Right. Uh, is is, is kind of terrifying. I and mean, when you mentioned. Um, you you mentioned cemetery dance maybe both of you I'm sure Jim you've been to uh, the AWP the Association of Writing
2: actually I never have because those guys don't like genre. well that's the thing Uh,
1: there there was an odd experience I've only been to like two or three world horror conventions right and world horror convention zines have the lowest expectations of anybody in genre they have these tiny AWP is just like world horror except for AWP, they all dream about getting into The New Yorker, and World Horror, they all dream about getting into Cemetery Dance. Right. And nobody wants to do any more than that. Right. So so I think that one of the things that uh, I, I constantly hear as, as uh, in praise of Clarion is the fact that you're talking to a bunch of different writers with different styles and different
2: attitudes, Right.
1: whereas in an MFA program, you've got two or three instructors that you have to please over a period of
2: two years. right, right. right. Yeah, and I think that's the, that is the problem with MFA programs, which you know, not to put to find a print on it. There's really only a handful of MFA programs I would recommend to anyone writing genre. Now I ab- absolutely know uh, one of my former students uh, from Clarion went to Iowa and did very well, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but but you know, I think. In, and I think that's changing, but it's not changing universally, and they still will. Uh, uh, I was listening to a podcast where uh, where people were talking about, complaining about this exact thing. I went I went horror stories. I went to an MFA program, and they wouldn't let me write ghost stories. I went to an MFA program, and they said I can't write science fiction. And so um, I, Clarion... That prejudice is totally not part of clearing and there's no prejudice at clarion against the person who decides to write a mainstream story, you know, any mm-hmm. week, uh, that's fine, it, that happens, and sometimes... Yeah.
3: Not week after week.
2: No. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> yes. Once. Once, yeah. So which
0: week is the hardest?
3: Uh, traditionally, the fourth week is considered to be the hardest. Yeah. That um, the people have just exhausted themselves, that... Um, they are um, feeling that they will never leave this room, um, that they will never see their loved ones again. That um, the people they find themselves holed up with in the bunker are annoying in any number of ways. Yeah. And uh, and you know there are certainly exceptions, but if something is likely to go wrong, it's likely to happen in the fourth week. By the fifth week you know, everything turns and you start to see that you are in fact the the time is mm-hmm. coming to a close. You adore everybody <laughs> in the bunker mm-hmm. room and now you're going to be saying goodbye <laughs> to
0: farewell yeah. time, yeah, right,
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: Well actually I mean when I talk to a few people who've been through Clarion, what they talk about more than anything that they uh gained in terms of writing stories or anything else is the social connection, the sense of community, mm, right. the, the the age cohort, or whatever, even if they're not physically the same age, the right. actual career age cohort? How important do you think that that is, and does that extend to the shooters as well?
3: I think it's I think it's very important, and I think it's a, a double edged sword in some ways because you know, on the one hand, you do have this cohort to whom you you know, unless something has gone horribly wrong, which does happen. Um, you feel very deeply connected. You feel they know the real you Mm. in a way that, Mm. you know, the rest of the world does not know the real you. Um, And they are very invested in your success, in your career. Um, um, But it also gives you this sort of um, unfortunate measuring stick Mm. that, you know, you do not want to be the last person unpublished in your clarion class. And so you know as you see other members of your class uh begin to publish begin to get noticed um you know the 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 kind of anxiety over the fact that that is not happening to you i think um as i said is unfortunate and you know um Pointless, a pointless thing to worry about, and yet in, an inevitable thing to feel.
1: So, well, clearing creates delayed depression. <laughs> yeah, that, that, oh, I later. wouldn't say <laughs> delayed. Yeah. It's immediate. <laughs> about four, I <I'd> <laughs> so But four years later, it turns into utter despair. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and we shouldn't. This is a thing that's really hard uh, for writer writing teachers to say, but. The fact of the matter is that some people who go to Clarion, they never publish, or mm-hmm. they publish one story and stop. And the fact that they went through this amazing experience—I mean, I got up there at this this panel I was just on and said it changed my life, and it changed mm-hmm. my life. But then someone else who goes to Clarion and, and doesn't publish—it's—it's. It's, I feel bad that they that they have an adjustment to make to say, oh, I failed in, in, in the thing I... My, my dream did not come true. Mm-hmm. My life is, is, is you know, flat for now, forever. Now. And I think that's wrong. I think one of the things to think about Clarion or an MFA is that you may find out, alas, after much expenditure of funds, that you weren't cut out to be a writer. It doesn't mm-hmm. make you happy. Uh, it, it, you, you don't have that drive that it takes and that thin, thick skin that it takes to become a writer. Uh, and so and so, I feel unfortunate. I mean, you sometimes see at a, at a Worldcon, especially, where a class reunites and the ones that are doing fine are happy and they're, hey, we're, we're, and then there's the people who have stopped writing. They have come to be with their cohort and to rekindle that camaraderie. But on the other hand, as they look at their futures, they don't see a future in which they're writing. And that's and I, I, I always feel that, especially for MFA students, because mm-hmm. they laid out serious though, but for, for Clarion students as well, is that uh, d- were their dreams crushed? No, move on, have a different part of your life. Not everyone who goes to Clarion has a career. And, and I'm not sure what the, you know, every year is going to be different. If it's 50%, I think that's... That's maybe... That's huge compared to MFA programs. Yeah, but still, that's half a... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I I had... Dora Goss is a student of mine, and now is my mm-hmm. colleague at Stone Coast. She used to say, well, when people tell me that, you know, the person next to me isn't going to make make it, and uh, it, well, half the people will make it, and the person oh, next yeah. to me is probably not going to make it, i say, geez, too bad. Because <laughs> 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 I'm making it. That's my... <laughs> No. Which is maybe the
0: difference. I guess a question for both of you: what do, you, what do you think someone who's sitting down, I guess, about now to pull out an application form and begin the process to, you know, to, to apply for next year's Clarion? What should they reasonably expect at the end of it? Because it sounds like there's got to be a lot of unrealistic expectations coming in, yeah. and it seems like it's worth worth saying: like, it's not necessarily going to do this or this or this, but it should
3: do that. Mm-hmm. I think um, uh, and I you know I, I don't think this just has to do with Clarence I think it has to do with sort of anybody who dreams yeah. of being a writer and, and puts in the work and makes the sacrifices that um, that you can't um, you can't come in with a clear idea of what your career is going to right. look like mm. you have to be you know that mm. um I, you know, um, because I'm very failure averse. um, You know, when I first decided that I would be a writer, it was a very scary thing to decide Mm. because it was so obvious that um, it might not happen. Mm. And um, and so, you know, I always I always had very low expectations. I thought, you know, if I just sell one story somewhere sometime that would be great um, and then I sold one story and I thought you know if I just got a, uh, on the Nebula ballot, that would be great uh, and then I thought you know if I just won the man Booker that would be great uh, but you know um, many things I mean um, it, you know one of the things that, that I try to talk about hopefully not in a terribly discouraging way is that anybody's career, anybody that I know of, or maybe I'm just talking about my career, um, involves an enormous amount of failure and rejection. Mm. And that has continued, you know, to, to this day. Um, I am quite likely to be rejected when I uh, send a story somewhere. Mm. So um, it's, you know, uh, sometimes when I'm, I'm doing an event and I'm introduced, and I hear this list of prizes and recognition I can't tell you how estranged I feel from that that, description Uh of me where I think man it didn't feel like it It sounds like I just went from triumph to triumph you know it Mm. sure didn't feel am sure you're not
0: sitting down to write in the morning Mm. with that in your mind no
3: absolutely not
0: you're still that person from back then going I have no idea this will work if anyone want to see it all that stuff
3: you know I started writing when I was 30 and I'm now 68 and I think it was maybe five years ago that in a gentle intervention some friends took me aside and said you know I think you ought to stop describing yourself as a new writer (laughs) 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 but that was you know that was just such a comfortable place to be Uh, uh,
2: I think that there's two things that uh, anyone going to Clarion should expect to have one of them is uh, a new skill set or an increase in your skill set and and I, I will say that it's possible to go through clarion and fight against the process and in which case you will not acquire any new skills but mm-hmm. it's very difficult to fight against the, the wisdom of your mentors and the peer pressure that you don't get something out of that because there's definitely skills to be added and the other thing Punnally is clarity. I think at the end of Clarion, or certainly in the immediate aftermath, you will have a sense of whether you are cut out to be a writer or how much more you need to do to become a writer or and, and I don't think you, you will know what you know your career is going to be, but I think you will definitely have more of a that you didn't have when before you came to Clayton. and when you're getting rejection sips or you' never sent anything out or any of that stuff. You'll have more of a uh, idea of the road you have to take as to you may not know where it's going to go, but you'll definitely know things you need to do in order to try to get to where you want to go. And and that's something that I think that lots of people who are floundering around before Clarion, that's why they want to go. Because maybe they're selling, but they're not selling well. Maybe they're in mm-hmm. a rut, or maybe they've never sold. Whatever it is, Clarion will help you see what you need to do to get to where you want to go.
1: Would you say that Clarion is not for everybody? Sure. Absolutely. Who is it not for?
3: Um, it is not... Uh, it is not for the terribly sensitive thin okay, skin.
1: right yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. fragile flowers I, 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 the other thing I was thinking about I talked to a young writer who I think is unpublished about Clarion and not because I've heard nothing but good good things about it of course and and this young fellow basically said I have no interest in writing short fiction I write 800
2: page fantasy well, there's that for sure yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah Clarion is not a novel workshop no. yeah. um, either yeah and so and some people get caught in a terrible mind uh because Clarion is a short story workshop. You really mm-hmm. can't write a novel at Clarion. So if, and and it's my belief that certain people are novelists and not short story writers. Mm-hmm. And so they may be caught by the mystique of Clarion and say, well, the way to have a career is to go to Clarion. But it turns out you're a novel writer and you write four or five failed stories that mm-hmm. are going nowhere. And you may decide, well, then I'm not a writer because I didn't do nothing at Clarion clicked. And, and in fact, you you shouldn't have been doing that. But once again, that's a clarity thing. Mm-hmm. You, you may not know that. You it's a hard price to pay, high price to pay to find out that you're not a short story writer. But clarity will teach you that. Maybe mm-hmm. it doesn't teach you that you're not a writer, just that you may be not a short story writer.
3: It certainly will be. Um easier experience if you have some level of social skill
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not necessarily but, yeah, but, but it's not
3: a requirement
0: mm-hmm. and possibly personal hygiene as well I was
3: <laughs> do you feel i remember hmm? um when all uh, the years that i taught my team taught with uh tim powers that he always wanted uh to go around the room and, and not say, you know, in the infamous way uh, occasional instructors have, you you will make it, you will not make it, you will make uh, it. But ooh. he wanted to, to say, um, you should go to conventions and meet people and you should not.
2: <laughs> you I was should just send sale. your stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Do you feel connected to your writing class afterwards? Do you feel you're sort of like Protective of their careers
2: and things. As a
3: teacher? As a teacher, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. So, every clarion, somebody says, they will talk amongst them. The students Mm -hmm. will say, Who's your favorite teacher? Well, Karen, of course, was a favorite teacher. And it's very unfortunate to come teach after Karen because, well, Karen said, I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) But it is the fact that certain teachers, just by the nature of their writing and their personality and their and their their skill set, connect with certain students yeah. so out of every clarion i 've ever taught, I still have i, don't, I don't know, i'm not their official mentors, but I uh-huh. am uh, someone that could go to for for advice even twenty five years later yeah, i've had people too. ask me, me like too. what should I do here and i don 't know what to do and so And there's others that I really liked, but I just, uh, I'm not in that relationship with them.
3: And it's also, uh, you know, it's one of the um, uh, advantages, I think, of the six teachers coming in that there's very likely to be a teacher that you do not really connect with who is not helpful, but you you have... All the other weeks. And surely
1: you're on up against teachers who, who don't agree with each other, don't write all the, the time. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and that, that strikes me as being really encouraging because if somebody yes. hates you, maybe the next teacher will think you're
2: okay. And that's the beauty, I have to say. You know, I went to Clarion mm-hmm. and, I, and I love Clarion West, I've taught there, but the beauty of the Clarion model is the team teaching. The West. team teaching. Because I think mm-hmm. it's
3: critical, and I don't understand why Clarion West... I mean, it's hard to fill the spots.
1: Yeah. Well, um, you, I don't but, know if either of you are yeah. involved in this, but one of the things that seems crucial to this is selecting the range of instructors every year. Oh, yeah. Because you can't have all the same, all, like, gothic horror instructors one year. Right. So uh, right. that balance is achieved how? <laughs> no, you, you do that.
3: Uh, I, me, Kelly Link, and Holly Black. We okay. put together the faculty every year, and yes, we think long and hard about.
1: So there's no all danger. Let's of just not use genre names. There's no real danger of getting James Patterson one day and Philip Roth the next.
3: I would say. For various reasons,
1: <laughs> there's no danger so that Philip Roth will. Be. Well, no, that's true. <laughs> Jonathan Franzen is Peter yeah, Clarin. Yeah,
2: I think I think watching Karen put it together every so often, you know, there's nothing wrong with trying someone who's, let's say, more commercial, and then somebody who's more, uh, you yeah. know, small magazine oriented, small mm-hmm. press oriented. And and I think that that's that's a helpful thing to to have happen.
3: I also think you know one thing that we often find is the case is that um, a student will have come to will have chosen Mm. Clarion over Clarion West say because there's someone on the faculty that whose work they love you know who they you know Um, that's often not the teacher who is is the most helpful you know the teacher who is the most helpful is quite often. Someone they have never heard of. Mm. Um, and we have brought them in because we know they're a fabulous teacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm done. Remember, uh, <laughs> it sounded like <laughs> I was going somewhere with that. <laughs> I'm actually done. No, you mentioned
1: <laughs> Ellen Clay just earlier. And she, she, I think she told the story in the podcast because one of her instructors was Margaret Lanigan. Yeah. And she'd never heard of her. And she read Singing My Sister Down. Yeah. And almost backed out. She said, I'm never going to be able to write a story like that. Yeah.
2: And yeah. I mean, I think one thing I would say to people who are applying to Clarion is, when you hear the roster, we, Clarion has not yet announced its roster. Mm-hmm. But when you hear the roster, and you, you're trying to decide which ones, or or you've actually get into which one, which whichever one you get into, read everybody because that's yeah. important. I mean, I, I am often surprised when I go to a teacher at a clarion that, that some people have never read me or anyone else, yeah. and they no, just came sure. to clarion, that generic clarion, where, you know, some people definitely come for, there's, there's certainly there's star writers that everyone wants well. to come for, but there's other people who think, I really want to go and, and with Cory Doctorow. I really want to hear what, you know, Kelly Link has to say, and or Karen, or... But you know that's the thing is that 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 people should read if you're interested in Clarion you should and you find out what the roster is you should read and make a consumer decision who's got the most people who are on your wavelength.
1: That makes sense, I suppose.
2: Well, I, I guess a, a
1: final thing,
0: and it, it's probably the, the question that I should have started with, which is Clarion seems to also sort the of value. Do you think you can teach someone to write? No.
3: <laughs> oh. Well, I mean. I think there are, things, there are parts yeah. of writing that you can teach and there are parts of writing that you can't teach. Yeah. So at mm-hmm. Clarion, we try to teach the parts you can teach and point out um, people who are successfully doing the yeah. things we can't teach.
2: Um, I come back to that that acceleration thing. If, if and, and I actually believe that this is true. I mean, it, it works if you look at if I look at the careers of myself and my friends I see this again and again and again Mm -hmm. you spend a long time wandering in the desert Uh, you know I I, I sold pretty quickly but I spent my apprenticeship in print my first ten stories suck you know and, and it was very painful recently I had a uh, a retrospective of my career, and they wanted to put in the early stories so that they could see my development, and it was <laughs> <extremely> <laughs> awful because for every one of those sucky early stories, I couldn't put in a really good later story. Mm-hmm. But but this is this is the thing that happens is that you you know you, you're going to have that part of your career and just you have to live with it but 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 it, but the thing is clearing will get you through those years of wandering in the desert a little quicker okay. and that's maybe the best thing you can say but it is a thing that that is uh, that i think proves again and again and again that that's a case
0: okay
2: now you're off to talk about collaborating
0: <laughs> i am off to talk about collaborating why do you love collaborating do you love collaborating
2: I do love collaborating, uh, although you know it it, it 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 happens less and less. Although here's the thing, um, I was wondering when I was thinking about this panel, would I like to collaborate with someone who is not necessarily at my level? You know, the, since his, his name, his ugly name reared here, Patterson is a collaborator like crazy. Yeah. He collaborates with lots and lots of people and. And I'm wondering what would be the power dynamic if a Clarion student. Well, so I see a story, mm. I see a student story, and I say, oh my god, you know, here's how you could fix it. And they say, I don't want to do that, or, or I don't know how I could do that. Would you do it with mm. me? And so, you know, they have 80% of the story, and I have a brilliant idea to fix it. I might do that. I'm not sure I'd want to, but, but it's, an, it's an interesting question. It goes to the, it goes to, The Clarion experience that I've had over these many years, which is, you know, one of the things that happens is I've I've spent a lot of time story doctoring. Mm I look at these stories and I say, here's what I think you could do. Uh, I often say, I will make a very persuasive case to do what Jim Kelly says to do. Please pay no attention to it because... Karen may the next instructor may make a persuasive case in another direction, but that whole idea of but
3: I am not called
2: the story doctor, uh, just, but 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 that's the thing is that 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 story uh, doctoring skill that comes from. Clarion and from MFA is it's a collaboration kind of thing. I would love to collaborate and make this story work. Maybe you don't want it my collaboration, so just go ahead and write your own story.
1: I've always been unnerved by the
2: term story doctor because it, first of all, it implies the story is ill
1: uh, and has an infection or needs to right. have its legs set or something yeah. along those lines. Um,
3: it can be really an unsightly story. And right? it
1: can be, okay, a story cosmetician then. <laughs> a, a, a story hairstyle.
2: <laughs> so, I call these story doctors. There's a name for them What's it again? Oh, it's called editor. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that right. the editor pays you at the end,
0: or gives you an incentive to listen to this. <laughs> Would you collaborate?
3: You know, I have, I, I to my shame, um, have to admit that I have tried on a couple of occasions to collaborate, and it turns out um, that I am far too bossy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: You heard it here. Although <laughs> <laughs> oh, no,
3: you know, I love workshops, and one of my favorites is the Sycamore Hill Workshop, right, which, which we, we both we've go done to many, many, many mm. times. And I think of those stories. I think of that process as collaborative. You know, yeah, I like listen to yeah. a bunch of people tell me what could be done with the story I've brought, and um, mm. and the changes I make. Um, will come out of that conversation. So even though I am the one making the decisions and doing the writing, um, there is, you know, there there certainly is a team behind it. Uh, When I started um, publishing, uh, when I started publishing at literary houses with my literary editor, she was really... Bemused by the fact that science fiction writers do these workshops and collaborate with each mm-hmm. other, she thought it was a, a very odd thing <laughs> for a writer to do. And she she would always say, you know, well, I, you know, I get that you love it.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, you and your idiosyncracies is in the something you like to do.
3: Well, there's I don't, think, don't Don't you think? Um, am, am I imagining this? That science fiction used to do a lot more of that than other kinds of writing. What? That now other mm-hmm. kinds of writing, now literary, That now there are workshops for mm-hmm. literary writers. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm not talking about MFA programs. I'm talking about, you know, you you live in a city and there are six other people write, writing and you get together um, well, a to month. And yeah.
1: I'm, I don't know. I, I know a lot less about the Taos Toolbox, for example. But I assume there are people there who are largely writing... Mainstreamish stories, but they want to learn some techniques. There were, but, and, and that's the other thing. You can't draw a line between mainstream and genre. Anymore. No, no, you can't. I mean, you no. Could, Karen, you're, you're, you're being on this baseball panel, but your, your conjunction story, which title I'm blanking on right
3: now. Um, the Further Adventures of the Invisible Man.
1: Yeah, which was a wonderful baseball story. And if it weren't for the title, I don't think I would see any fantasy in it at all. But you make me look at it from a certain angle by giving it that title. Uh, and there's a story by John Crowley in that same issue called The Girlhood of Shakespeare's Heroines beautiful story, wonderful story not a hint of fantasy in it except that this small town library that he's in has every book ever published it seems Uh, and so do you get those stories where there's just there's a kind of twist in the angle of vision that permits you to read it as a fantastic story? Well, of course, I've made a career. <laughs> yeah.
3: But it, you know, um, and it's been a fairly long career at this point. So I have really seen a sea change in. And you talked about the AWP earlier. I oh. went to the AWP for the first time two years ago, I think, when it was in Washington D.C. Um, I'd never been before. Um, and what people found interesting about me is that I come out of science fiction. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what people wanted to talk to me about. Uh, and so, um, you know, I feel um, I feel sort of uh, vindicated in the career path that I've taken. <laughs> that, uh, you know, now everybody wants, to, and, and I'm not talking about people in mm-hmm. from within science fiction. No. I'm talking about the literary world. You know, how did?
1: You do that. Well, the, the number of, of literary writers who openly expressed their science fiction ambitions from um, Michael Chabon to Juno Diaz to right, uh, right. And, uh, Karen Russell, even. Right. Uh, so it's like the, the cooties are gone. It's like it's yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. And, no, speaking I, and I had a very clear um, window into this when I published the Jane Austen Book Club about a week before it was published. I won the Nebula for a short story Mm -hmm. and I told my mainstream editor, I just won the Nebula and she said oh fuck (laughs) Um, she said, you know, is there any way we can keep (laughs) that quiet? quiet, (laughs) (laughs) She did not think that the Jane Austen loving women in the world would would pick up a book if they thought a science fiction writer had written it And, um, (laughs) and um, and then you know, a few years later as luck would have it moments before Wit's End came out I won the Nebula again (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I called her up and I said you know
2: I I did it it. 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 I'm sorry Uh,
3: (laughs) and she said perfectly respectable now. <laughs> good work,
1: Karen. It's good to have a barometer out there. Can check it.
0: Well, on that note, we might bring this all to a, cl- a conclusion We're sort of towards the end of our hour. But thank you so much, Karen Joy Fowler, for making time to join us. And James Patrick Kelly, we really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank and you. We loved it
3: was it. fun. Yeah. <laughs>